Hi, I'm Hallie, and I'm here to welcome you to The Odd Life, that's spelled A-W-E-D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. You see, I feel that women who are living odd have such important stories that need to be heard so they can inspire us to find our own oddness. I want this to be a space where you come to laugh, cry, feel inspired, and most of all, feel more connected to yourself and the women in this odd life community. I'll be talking with women who are practitioners, authors, experts, entrepreneurs, creatives, coaches, philanthropists, and so many more, as well as doing solo casts to bring you what you need when you need it. No matter where you are on your journey in this life, why not go through it odd AF? Again, I'm your host, Hallie, and this is the Odd Life Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. Today, I have a guest for you. I have author Annabelle Monahan. Annabelle has been a writer for a little while. We discuss all that when this started for her, but she is the author of a nonfiction book called Click, A Girl's Guide to Making It Happen. Then she wrote a couple of YA novels called A Girl Named Digit and Double Digit. Then she put together a series of essays together in a book called Does This Volvo Make My Butt Look Big? And that was a fantastic book. That's when I actually technically met Annabelle. And then now her book that she has written that is now very popular. It is called Nora Goes Off Script. It's a wonderful book. We talk about her process uh, about the book, but more so we talk about her life, her evolution as a mom, as a writer, and how it came to be, honestly. She didn't start writing until 37, but she considers herself a writer all of her life. We talk about that. And when she started writing, how this felt more like her becoming truly herself. And I think many women can identify with this because of just, uh, you know, we're, we're sidetracked being parents and, you know, doing other jobs. And we find the thing that lights us up inside how all of a sudden it's just like, oh, there she is. And I think Annabelle even says that in our interview. She's like, oh, there she is. And I think it's such a fantastic conversation for that reason alone is to watch somebody and hear somebody discover themselves. And it really wasn't until later in life. And I think it's an important conversation that we're not, it's not too late. We're not, it's not, you know, oh, we hit a certain age, might as well give up. No, it's not it at all. Actually, life can start And you can do the things that light you up and can become the person you've always wanted to be, no matter what part of life it is. And I really hope you follow along on her journey, pay attention to what she writes next, and we'll talk about all of that in the interview coming up. All right, on to the show. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. Okay. So we've been friends. Our little uh, history, we've been friends on, I think Twitter was uh, for the last five years or so. And I just have admired, like I said, I just admired so much about who you are and uh, how grounded you are. And I love your humor. You're absolutely my favorite people because I I think you and I have a very similar sense of humor. uh, And I love that. Uh, I don't get that very often. So I I love to latch on people that make me laugh. So you were one of the people. I hold on to dearly. Uh, but I wanted to kind of really kind of start, start with the basics, give us kind of who Annabelle is, who are you, and like kind of give us a quick bio, and we'll start to dive in from there. Um, I am a mother of three boys, now mostly men. They're mm-hmm. 16, 21, and 24. Um, I am married, um, and that takes up 80% of my time. 
all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a writer. Um, I'm the author of Nora Goes Off Script, which came out in June. Um, that is my first novel for adults. And before that, I wrote um, two novels for young adults, uh, A Girl Named Digit and Double Digit. And during that time, I've written a column um, that appears in a bunch of places, which is sort of a column for moms and uh, other tired people. And I published a collection of those essays in a book called Does This Volvo Make My Butt Look Big? Mm -hmm. So that is my personal and professional summary. Awesome. I love it. I, I, uh, I have fallen in love with you since the Volvo book. I have not read the YA stuff, um, but the Volvo book, the columns are just perfection. Uh, they remind me a lot of like Mary Laura Philpot as far as the way that she writes as well, just kind of covering a lot of just every day, but you're like, wow, I didn't think of it that way. Or I wow. love how you take an everyday subject and turn it into this kind of life lesson, this like really like taking a lens and zooming in just a little bit. And it kind of gives you that warm fuzzy. I just, when I'm done reading, I, I get warm fuzzies. When I'm done well, reading, I, 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 I stumble over Mary Laura Philpot. It's uh-huh. like if you said I was trying to paint and I was like Van Gogh. I mean, to me, mm-hmm. she is she is the aspirational, heart centered writer. I mean, she's I think she's amazing. 100%. So thank you. I, I, you're welcome. You're welcome. I had a, I had a chance to meet her in person uh, on her book tour, and she is as lovely in person. Have you met her in person? I met her in person very briefly when when uh, Bomb Shelter first came out, and I think I might have stuttered a little bit. Like I, I don't even know <laughs> yes. if I said anything. I just, I, I just admire not only what she produces, but just mm-hmm. how she is. I, yeah. I admire the way she walks through the world. I think it's yeah. wonderful. Absolutely. Well, you are on the same vein, if you ask me. Wow. So you're on your. If you're not there, you're on your. You're very close to me. So, thank that you. That helps you. Yeah. So, well, I want to talk about. Backing up quite a bit, because give us the beginning. So you were not always a writer. Tell us where you started with your career before kids and and things like that. You know, I actually was always a writer, like from when I was a little kid. Like in my mind, um, you know, some kids know they want to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. Like I always knew I wanted to be a writer and I couldn't imagine doing anything else with my time. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I just never wrote. Uh, so I chose my university because it had a really strong English program. Uh, I took all the writing classes. I did all those things. Uh, and then when it was time for me to graduate from college, I didn't know how I was going to support myself. Mm-hmm. You know, And all my friends were moving to New York City, which is the most expensive decision you can make. Mm-hmm. And so I got a job at a bank. And I did that for two years. It was two really interesting years, actually. Um, and by the time I was done with that, I was sort of interested in finance. And then I went to business school because that's what you do after those two years. And that was a, actually a wonderful experience, but like not like to jibe with my skill set. It yeah. was just like, it was like walking around in a foreign country. Yeah. Um, and then I got a job in investment banking and I did that for a while. Um, but I just at that point knew that there was no room in my life for writing right? Mm-hmm. Like you need to be able to take care of yourself. You need to make money and you need health insurance. And yeah. I wasn't wrong about any of those things. Like yeah. you really do. And I, I struggle when I, I meet young people who say, oh, I want to be a writer. And I think, great. You should also be a bartender. Like you <laughs> yes. do, you need some other way yeah. um, to, to get that off the ground. Um, so anyways, I was in business school. I met my husband and um, 
I worked in banking for a few years and then I had three children and I stayed home. I left banking. I stayed home with my kids and I didn't write anything until I was 37. So I am the late start story. Same here. Same here. It's nothing like a late bloomer. Yeah. Well, you know, there's something to that though. I think having the insight that you have as an older person and the experiences, I don't know if I would have had anything to write about when I was younger. I think I would have I, had, I totally you know, agree. Yeah. Yeah. Not I, I didn't have any perspective. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't, I, I don't think that my wisdom came until much later. So mm-hmm. it wasn't time for me to start writing until I did. Yeah. Absolutely. And so when you decided to write though, I mean, you've always, like you said, you've always loved it, had it in the background, but what made you go, okay, now's the time, or I'm, I'm giving myself permission to do this. Like, what was that? Was there something with the kids? I know how I felt, but tell me how you felt like, okay, this is the time, or I'm going to do this, or what was the impetus that kind of pushed you in that direction? So I'm going to let you down with my answer, because I think you (laughs) want me to tell you that I had this moment when the sun was rising and I decided, no, I, um, I was talking with my friend, Elizabeth Wolf who okay. is a very different person than me. Elizabeth Wolf is a person who has an idea and then she does the thing. She's not a person who has an idea and then talks about it for a long time and doesn't do it. You know, she's that other kind of person. Um, and we were talking about positive thinking and how it sort of shapes your experience. And I think I said, you know, don't you wish you knew that when you were 15? And she said, let's write a book about that. And I'm like, Elizabeth, people don't just write books. And she looked at me very accusingly. She said, I think you're a writer. And I was like, how did she know? Um, And so with her enthusiasm, really just like filling the sails, we sat down and wrote a book proposal and we sold that book. Um, So I don't know if I decided to start writing or if um, Elizabeth just sort of pushed me into my fate. Um, and so that was our first book. It was called Click, The Girl's Guide to Knowing What You Want and Making It Happen. And then once we wrote that book, then I had an agent. So now I've like really have always wanted to write fiction. So then I started writing young adult fiction. Um, and I was encouraged by the fact that I wasn't just writing into a black hole. I actually had somebody I could send it to who was a real agent. Yeah. So yeah. then that's where I got my confidence, I think. What did your family react? Like, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Was that something completely out of the norm? Or is it something like, oh, this makes sense? You know, I didn't ask for any support at first. Um, this was a little bit mm-hmm. like I was having an affair. It was like I was, you know, <laughs> by day, I was doing all my good deeds, you know, and everyone was fed mm-hmm. and cared for. And then they would go to sleep and I would get out the Girl Scout cookies and my laptop and I would write. And it was like my secret pleasure. And so yeah. I think at the time I had two kids in school, which really frees up your time. Um, and I'd find something to do with the baby or maybe he'd go to sleep um, and I would write. And I think it's so interesting how it's, it is actually a lot like being in love. You know, when you're in love, you like, you, you're not tired. It's like, sure, I'll stay mm-hmm. up all night. Like mm-hmm. you're just like driven by the thing. Um, when you're working on something or you're doing something that you really love doing, there is time in the day. And yeah. as much as I was at home full time with three children, I, I like stole those hours. Um, it was really fun. And I felt very much like I'd come back to myself during that time. Like during, during those hours, it was like, oh, there she is. I, I remember her. Yes. Yes. And that's what I felt. This I felt exactly the same. Like, oh my, and it is, I did the same thing. I found a subject. I 
when I had my last child, I had this crazy idea of these characters. And I started writing fiction of all dumb things. So I write fiction and uh, I would sit in my office and I would click clack away at night. And my husband's in the other room. He's like, what are you doing in there? Are you writing a book? Because I'm, I'm all, you know, tip tapping away. And, he, and I was like, <gasps> do I tell him? Do I not tell him? Like I just was such a vulnerable place to be to talk about it. And I didn't talk about it for a long time with him. And eventually I did. It's like, yeah, I actually am. And so that was that feeling, but I understand that feeling. It was like, oh my God, this is so fun. Like I felt words flowing and just ideas and that creativity Ugh. was what I was, was what I just was like, oh, It's like this the is life awesome. force is running through you. Yes. But there is nothing more vulnerable than saying to another human being, I'm writing yeah. a book. Yeah. Because the look that you get in return <laughs> is like, it's either like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Or that's so cute. Exactly. Aww. Yes, that's exactly. Um, mm. I had I was halfway through uh, my first novel yeah. before I told my husband. I mean, I was ha- it was almost like over the hump done when I was like, "There's something I have to tell you." Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was like, "Oh dear God, <laughs> Lucy, like what's what's gonna come of us?" Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it is stealing something back for yourself, and that's what I think is amazing when women, as we are older and we've been going down a certain path for so long to like, go, hold on, I'm going to do something here that is out of the norm and doing it for yourself. When you could easily just kept going, honestly, you could easily have kept going down the path and be the mom and do all the things that are expected of a mom and a wife, whatever, but to stop, do the thing with your friend and realize, wow, this is, this is what I'm about. And to take that back for yourself, that's a, it's a, I think it's a very hard thing to do. And I don't think a lot of women do that for themselves. They do what's expected rather than what is in their heart. And so I commend you for following that and sticking with it because clearly you're meant to be doing this um, based on. Well, thank you. I I also think it's really worth it. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think that especially if you have, a lot of people don't have a burning thing they want to do. Right, not. I think most people do, um, but to the way you feel at the end of not having pursued the burning thing, um, I think is is not good for you. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's really good for your children to see you fully engaged with something, um, with just their sense of their own independence mm-hmm. and how um, you know you're going to let them go. Uh, they don't need to worry about you because you don't have anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot in there for your family. I totally agree. I think that's one of the main things that drives me, honestly, is I like I to keep doing this because it's showing them I'm pursuing what I love, even though it's not, you know, always easy between juggling, you know, travel and things we have to do for the family and everything else. But it's something that matters to me, and I'm not giving up on myself. You know, yeah. I'm I'm doing something that's gonna be rewarding for me. And I think sometimes I know that when I grow growing up, I did not see a lot of role models of women doing what they loved or pursuing passion projects. And so I think for me, it was a struggle for so long because I didn't, I didn't have the role models in my life to, to show me until I got into the writing community, until I had the wild hair to write my book because I was bored out of my mind. I had nothing else. And just, it was like the spark. Every child I had, I had a weird spark. Like with the first child, I don't know what I did with Avery, but my second one, I ended up, I made my own bedding for my kid's bed as a baby. I had no, wow. I have no idea where that came from. I haven't touched my sewing machine since 
one wild hair, did it because I couldn't find the bedding I wanted, so I did it. So then the third child was the the words and the creativity in the books. I had started reading again, and that was part of it too. I started reading books and was in, uh, enmeshed in the historical fiction genre and characters came to my head. But it was something that I realized, oh my gosh, I've got something in me here that's kind of stirring. And I feel like that's kind of the the thing that a lot of women don't even pursue that. Like we are so busy with other things or we numb out or we sit down on the couch with a glass of wine and a show or whatever, and we don't pay attention to ourselves. And I, I makes me sad because I mean, there's so much inside of a lot of women that are that's ignored because it's either someone's not shown them or there's no role models or they're put down or why would you do that? Or there's, that's not who we, that's not who we are. You know, we're not writers in this family. Right. We, we're bankers, doctors, lawyers, da, 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 you know, all these things that I was never encouraged to pursue writing, you know, in college, that was not a thing. It was a hobby. If you, well, I don't encourage my kids either. Yeah. Are you kidding? I don't want to support them forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, right. <laughs> you know, if any of my kids came to me and said, oh, I think I want to be a writer, yeah. I'd say, oh, yeah. God, yeah. could you please go to law school? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the thing is it's uh, it's not something that it, – it's very hard. It's not something you do to make a gazillion dollars. You do it because you love it. And, right. you know, and it shows, like I said, in the writing that you do. So I'm very grateful for you pursuing that because I've loved what I've read from you. And I love, we'll talk about all this in a minute, but I love Nora. I was like, I read that book. I'm not kidding you in less than 24 hours. I started it in the afternoon. I did not stop until I think it was two in the morning and I haven't been up to two in the morning for a little while. So it, wow. Yeah, it was a good, that is high praise. Yeah, it was, it oh, was a, thank it you. was like a flipping, I'm going to age myself. It was like flipping the Rolodex. I was like, you know, rolling the pages by. So it was a great read. Loved it. So we'll talk about it here in a second, but what's it been like? So you, pursued this writing and started writing the books, juggling. You had a baby, like you said. What was it like juggling the motherhood with the writing? How how did you make that work for you? Um, so my children are sort of far apart in age, which really helped. Um, and so I, oh, I never had more than one baby at home at a time. Um, and babies sleep a lot. So that was great. Um, I would, when they were little, I would work after they would go to sleep. Um, but as I said, I, I was always borrowing time. I never stood up and said, Hey guys, I actually have a job now and I need some help. Um, I was not raised that way. And that was not ever something that was modeled for me. So it was like a, a favor that they were letting me work. Um, and, and that went on for a really long time. Um, and it wasn't until frankly, this book, um, where I've had some success and it's, like a bigger thing and I'm on book tour and I'm traveling a lot that I have said, Hey, you guys, I have a job now and I really need some help. And you wouldn't believe how quickly everyone steps up. Like they just said, Oh, okay. And now my husband does all the stuff at home and he goes to Costco and to the grocery store and drives everybody around. And, and I, I, two, two of my kids are out of the house. I only have one yeah, home yeah. now. Um, Really, all it took was my asking and my saying, I actually can't do this all on my own and on borrowed time. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Which is just, come on. Like, I could have done that 10 years ago. I know. Like, how I've felt for a very long time has been that I'm I'm not making money, right? So I don't get to necessarily have a say in how time is spent on certain things. I feel like my duty is to do the kids and this stuff. And so I've taken a back seat because of 
me not bringing in an income. I, and I did a little bit with some freelance writing stuff, but not anywhere. You know, like my husband's is. So I, I told myself that my time then is not as valuable as somebody else's. And so therefore this is my role. This is what I do. And I've had to take a, a little life lesson myself of, you know, why, why is my time less valuable? And sure there's things I'm still, I'm technically still the stay home mom. I've got only got one left at home as well, but we're busy travel and all the sports and all that kind of stuff. But I've had to tell myself it's, you know, it's okay to pursue these things. It's okay to put this first for you. And it's been a long road. It's been hard. I think it's really hard. I, I think it's really, really hard. And um, it, it took me a long time also when I wasn't earning money and I was, you know, exclusively staying home. And I think at one point I was writing um, a column every two weeks mm-hmm. for $60. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's $30 a week that you can contribute to the family. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like, are you kidding me? Uh-huh. Um, but there have been times when things were hard enough at home that I thought, I think I've earned 50%. Like, I think that all the money, I'm entitled to half of it. I'm not leaving. Yeah. But it, there is like a lot of value to what you create at home. Um and I, I think people, I think women who are at home need to get their heads around actually how much they're contributing and how much they're entitled yeah. to. Yeah. I totally agree. I get that hundred percent. I, I, um, you kind of belittle your, I don't need me to belittle me, belittle me. I belittle myself enough. You know, I've done all that self-degradation about, um, just, you know, just, just home with the kids. And I think for a long time though, I, I didn't have a passion, so I didn't know what to do, but I could take care of my kids. Mm-hmm. That, that wasn't, you know, innate skill that I had. But when the writing came along, I was like, oh, wait, this is, this is the thing that I love to do. And how, how can I get paid to do this? I did the same thing. I did freelance writing, got paid peanuts and I ended up quitting it all because I was so burnt out on, I was writing for four different magazines and writing, writing, writing. And we'd be on vacation. I'd get a phone call from my my editor. Hey, can you do this real quick? Something happened. This person can't finish it. And I'm like, I'm getting paid nothing for this. Why am I busting yeah. my hump for all this? And it was hard. And I, it was a great experience, but I couldn't keep doing it for the pay. And uh, I haven't pursued past my local market, which is something that I have to work on because I think that's something I need that's in me that I need to pursue. But it's it's that it's the next hurdle. That's that next like base camp that I need to get to that's really hard uh, mentally. But don't you think that that's the order of mm-hmm. things yeah. that you don't start and say, you know, I think I'd like to write for the New York Times. Like that's not where that's not where you start. You start with a small thing and you get comfortable and you get confident and you get better at what you do and then you do the next thing. Um, and I think that that's one of those things that keeps people really stuck. They're like, oh, I, I just want to be a rock star. Like then you should learn how to play the guitar. And you should play for your friends for free and maybe get, you know, I, it's, it's like step by step, um, is how it all happens. And it's not going to happen until you're ready. So I think you just enjoy the the trip. Yeah. Well, and this is part of it. This is why I've been excited about doing this podcast for a while. Cause like I said, I was telling you earlier that I've been doing this on Instagram and I'm like, I wanted some place for this to live forever, not just always on social media and have a different platform. And I, I love podcasts. So this is hopefully my, my bridge maybe to the next thing. We'll see. I think we'll so. See. I think so. Well, um, yeah. I was going to ask you then about the, the, the timeline of your published books. So like you, you mentioned earlier, uh, you've had, 
the first book, The Click, and then you got into the YA. What was the inspiration mm-hmm. for the YA? Why why that route next for you? Uh, I don't – I think that I – as a person who was just starting out writing fiction, I think that there was, I had some instinct that I was going to reveal a lot about myself while I was writing fiction, which I think you do. Um, I think you think you're writing a story, but you end up just telling everybody all about yourself. Um, and I think that at that point, um, I was comfortable talking about who I was when I was 17 and like what my perspective on love and life and whatever. Um, and that's, that was my comfort level. And I don't think it was until I was 50 that I was ready to write. And I think my column certainly got me ready for it. But I don't think I was ready to write a novel about what it means to be a mother, what it means to be a grown-up in love, what it means to lose love and, you know, recover from all that stuff. Um, things that are very close to my heart. I don't think I had the confidence really to share that part of myself yet. So I, I couldn't have, I would have loved to have written this book 20 years ago. I couldn't have written this book 20 years ago. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know anything. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so tell me, why do you think, because so again, Nora goes off script is the book we're discussing. It's her latest novel. It came out, when was the release date? June 7th. Yeah, it's June. It's been a huge hit. It's been all over the place. Uh, it's been, I mean, your Instagram and, and just Twitter trying to like keep up with all the reviews and the shares and the the highlights in the different book journals. It's been awesome to see. And uh, why do you think it's been a huge hit? What like what do you think uh, has been the, what's the feedback you've you've been getting that uh, why it's such a huge hit this summer? You know, it's funny. It's it's a happy story um, and it's a fun story. So there's that. But people are very specific about what they're saying about this book. And they're saying that it feels joyful and it feels like a break. And I love hearing that, but it also proves something that I've always suspected because um, I always think that when you're typing, however you're feeling is how it's going to come across on the page. So like if you're typing and you're crying, you're writing a really sad scene. If you're typing and you're bored with the book that you're typing, which has happened to me many times, you're writing a boring book. And this book I wrote during the first months of quarantine in 2020, like it was the end of the world and I had everybody home and everybody missed their graduations and, you know, same, same old story. Um, And I, felt like this book was an escape that I literally was hopping out of bed every morning to write. I could not wait. I had the biggest smile on my face writing this book the entire time. Um, And then here we are, two years later, the book's out, and life is kind of whacked. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't need to enumerate all the things that are kind (laughs) of whacked out there. Um, And it's it's never-ending. And this book, I think, feels like a break for people. It just feels like a pop of happy... Stuff. So has romance, romance been something you've always wanted to write or just was like this just the story that came up for you and that's where it went? Uh, this is the story that came up for me. Um, and I didn't even really think I was writing a romance. I sort of thought I was writing a – I guess I thought I was writing a romance. I, I don't know. I'm not like a genre expert, which I think you got to be really careful. you got to know what you're talking about and I don't. Um, I, I wanted to write – I wanted this woman to have like a big love affair. Um and then it turned out that she had children. And so, of course, that complicates everything um, in your life, as it does in my life. And um, 
I think that I probably ended up writing a book about motherhood um, as much as I wrote a romance. Um, she sort of has a love story with herself. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of facets to it. But I will tell you, I have a hard time writing anything that doesn't have some kind of like potential for a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and when I'm reading a book, like even if I'm reading a mystery, I'm like, God, I hope that cop kisses that nurse. Like, I don't, I don't know. I always think like something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's just the way my mind goes. Yeah. Well, you've got maybe you've, I've, I know that's how I am, too. I, I love historical fiction and I like the historical romance. I mean, Julia Quinn has been in my rotation for a very long time. Uh, she's She's got it figured out. She's almost like, I feel like Julia Quinn with the whole Bridgerton series, I feel like she was the original like uh, Hallmark, you know, like she had the equation, but she mm-hmm. did it in such a great way. We didn't feel like you're reading the same novel over and over again. She had such great characters and such unique uh, individuals. And so I, I fell, in romance, fell in love with romance because of her strong and funny main characters a lot of more strong women you know not your typical i have to read this i haven't i haven't read it and i haven't watched bridgerton yeah. so uh, i shouldn't may... even be in this country no well i i don't know i think the there's some there's some distinction between the the novels and the 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 series for multiple reasons but she hasn't always stuck to the the storyline mm-hmm. from the books so if you're a true book fan, you're like, what? Hold on. That didn't happen in the book. So there's some of that stuff, which I typically, you know, when you're watching a movie and you're like, wait, that's not what the book did. And I love, I love books. I tend to love books more than I love the movies because I think you get such into the character's heads. You get a lot more depth. And I love that. Um, yeah, me too. Very, very rarely. everybody feels yeah, that way. Very rarely do you get someone that nails it. I think the only one that maybe has nailed it, I think, is Outlander, possibly. Have you read no. Outlander? No, I haven't. Uh, favorite book series of all time. So I also think Hunger Games nailed it. Yeah. I, yes. I Hunger Games was like a changing moment in my life. Like I really loved those books. Yes. And I was terrified to see the movies. And yes. I was angry at whoever made those movies for what they were going to do. I yeah. was like, I was yeah, ready for it to be wrong. Yeah. And it was right. You're right. hundred percent. Tell me what you're doing. Are you writing another book? What's the situation? I, I just finished a book. Um, okay. Ooh. I think, I think I changed the last word on Friday. Okay, but, nice. You know, let's be honest, you're never done. Uh, but that's coming out now June 6th of next okay. year. Um, okay. And I think it's funny because the book is called Same Time Next Summer. Okay. Oh, and nice. And we're going to be having this same conversation <laughs> at the same time next summer. Um, and that's also a love story. It's actually a little bit more of a love story than Nora's story. Um, it feels like a little more romantic um, and it's sort of a lifelong love story. Uh, nice. But it's really fun too. Oh, awesome! Congratulations, yeah. that's amazing. Thank that's you. a lot. You've had a lot going. I mean, to write a book and, and then have it be published right now, and then you already got the next one done. I mean, that was obviously was something that came very quickly to you. You've written it, and I mean, I know the process of publishing. I mean, when you actually write the book, to actually when it comes out is a long process for most people. So I know right. that you probably wrote. Obviously, you wrote this twenty twenty, so it's been a couple of years. So um, the writing process for you does it. Does it flow super easy? Do you take, you know, are you like, I'm going to sit down and write a thousand words at a time? Like what's your, what's your kind of typical process? Or you just write until the wheels fall off? I, I hope for the best. I really do. I mean, I think that's how my whole life works. It's just like, I wake up in the morning and hope <laughs> for the best. Um, I, it, when writing is going well, um, it just happens and I'm having the best day ever. And I'm so annoyed that I have to stop to eat something. Um, 
And when it's not going well, then I really have to like, hopefully I have a deadline or some kind of like lion chasing me so that I actually sit down and, and get it done. Um, but I don't, I like, I like to sit down and write every day. And I, if I have a project going, I like to be in the document for some period of time every day. Um, but I, I don't have a word count or, um, because some days it just doesn't happen. So, but the more I write, the more material I have, you know, I'm still, it's like a muscle. I think creativity is a little bit like a muscle and the more you use it, the more, the, the more it serves you. Um, I have had times where I've been working on a book and I pick it up once a month to work on it. And let me tell you, like that book will never be seen by human beings because it'll never get done and it's no good. I would say healthy way to write, honestly, because you're following, you're following the path, you're following the the flow of words and not forcing it necessarily, but hoping it comes. And when you're writing, I think something that you love, I'm sure it's a lot easier than let's say you're writing an article for a magazine that you, I don't want to write about this. And you know, it's different when it's a, a passion project. So right. that's awesome. Well, what really helps me is if I can stay in the emotional, um, skin of the character. If I can stay in her skin, then the next day when I go to type, I know how she's feeling to start with, and I know what's going to happen next. I know I'm wearing that. Um, And so the first draft of a book is sometimes a little more painful because I don't really know that person that well. And I haven't, she and I are not close yet. So I, I'm just telling a story, but it's, it, I know it's not going to, it's not going to work yet because I don't have the heartbeat. Um, and sometimes the heartbeat doesn't come until you've written a hundred pages and then you go back. Um, but I don't edit as I go and I don't, you know, I just, I just want to get all of it on paper. Um, so I have something to look at. Yeah. So do you, so I'm gonna ask you this, do you write pen paper or do you strictly computer only computer only i i am left-handed you honestly can't read my handwriting my handwriting is like (laughs) i could have been a doctor um so if i wrote a whole novel by hand we would have to throw it away yeah you're like i this is written in chinese i can't tell this yes yeah i have no idea yeah i get that uh so now that you've had success with nora you're on book tour you're doing all the things What's the support system like now? Like what's been the reception by people in your everyday life, what we call in real life, right? IRL people, your family, like what's been like, do they see you differently? They treat you differently? Like what's, do they care? Do they care that you're even a published author? Um, I think that my children and my husband are happy for me and they're proud of Mm -hmm. me and they have totally stepped up to engage with the dog and the food and all the things that I am not really doing right now. Um, And having said that, they couldn't care less. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) so we sit down for dinner and I say, oh my gosh, you guys, Ellen Hildebrand posted that she liked my book today. Yeah. And they're going to say, uh-huh. Next time, could we have the chicken with the breadcrumbs on it? Because this chicken's kind of right. like- they they couldn't care less because yeah. I'm their mom. Yeah. They you know, so, yeah. and they need me for mm-hmm. that. So they're mm-hmm. not my friends to be yeah. um, congratulating me. Um, I also live in a small town um, where I don't know why. Um, I'd love to trace this back and find out why, but people are so supportive of each other. Mm. So 
anyone in my town who is trying to do anything, everybody comes out and says, oh. look at you with your ukulele, comp-, you know, like whatever yes, it is. Whatever it is. Yes. <laughs> Right. So in my town, I mean, I, uh, you know, three times a week, I'm going to somebody's book club. Everybody's reading my book. Everybody's celebrating. Um, It's a really, it's a really nice place. So that's that's been wonderful. The thing I wanted to ask you was really, how is writing and this becoming now this published author of this now, is it a best-selling book at this point? No, it's Um, selling though. It's selling. I, it's I, selling. It's not on any list, but it's okay. selling. It's selling. Um, so what is this like? So just this whole process. I mean, you've, you're a columnist. Uh, you, you've you um, been doing this for a little while now. And uh, what has this done for you? Like, what is the trajectory of your life? How has it changed because of this writing and what you're doing? It's changed because I feel um, I'm certainly like out in the world more. Um, and I, um, I'm having a very strange experience where I made something up in my mind. I created a world and people that didn't exist. And now people all over are entering that space that used to just exist in my mind. Um, it's a very strange thing to get used to, like being in an airport and seeing somebody reach over and pick up my book off the shelf. (laughs) I'm thinking, oh God they're about to meet Leo. Like it's a very, um, it's a strange thing. And I, I actually don't think that I've totally processed it. Like mm-hmm. maybe we meet back here in six months and, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you how it was. Cause now oh. I'm just sort of moving through it. Sure. Um, one thing that really has struck me is just how generous other writers are. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly never knew that it was possible for people who are in a great position and have, you know, a, a great platform to actually just mention how much they liked your book and change the trajectory of your life. Um, and that has been really inspiring to me. Um, and I, you know, I hope I end up being that kind of a person. Um, yeah. Well, just the generosity. I think people... As writers, that's what I love about the writing community is because everyone knows how hard the process is. Everyone knows how intense and how vulnerable and just what you're putting out there. And I think that's what everyone's like so supportive. It doesn't feel like, oh, if she writes this and it's taking away from my thing, it's like it just adds to everything. It just adds to the whole mix, I think. So I don't think it's, yeah. it's not, a, I don't feel like it's a competitive space at all. So I, not I, at I, all. I and, don't. and it's so interesting because I, I think, first of all, it's, it's the sort of person who is involved with, you know, in art, it's, it's mm-hmm. that, but it's also not a zero sum game. I mean, there's no reader that's only going to read one book in their life. Yeah. Right. People yeah. who read, read lots of books. Yeah. So there's room for everybody. Um, and I think that fosters, uh, also sympathy, but the, you know, that fosters that sort of support. Mm-hmm. So looking back, so by saying yes to your friend and doing this book, that, that book you'd wrote click together. Yep. Like where, how different are you now than that person then? Hmm. Gosh, I'm just, um, you know, they say when you're, you're 50, you, you stop caring. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not exactly that. Um, it's not so much that I don't care what other people think. Um, 
but I think I care more about what I think. Mm-hmm. And I trust, I, I just trust my instincts and my abilities more than I did then. Yeah. And I am okay um, writing something that everybody's not going to love. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not looking for that outside of myself anymore. Um, and th- that has been, I mean, writing has been transformative for me in that way. Yeah. Um, just to, because you think about it, you're making a living off of nothing, like literally nothing, but just typing stuff that came up in your imagination. Um, and it gives you sort of a sense of like, you can rely on yourself. Like maybe I could mm-hmm. make something else up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice to be over 50. I hope everybody under 50 hears that. It really is yeah. nice to be yes. over 50. Yeah. I just turned 50 myself, so I get that. I think I hit that moment when I was 40. I had that kind of aha a little bit, like, what am I doing? How can I make this the second half, whatever, um, different? And every time I've hit, you know, whether it's 40, 45, 50, I hit that same same thing. Like, I, my world, I feel like, has gotten smaller, but in a good way. You know, before yeah. you're like, oh, let's do all the things. Let's be with all the people. And now I have to kind of condense it into what's really, really, really important. I think age that comes, uh, that insight. I've had exactly that experience. Um, and I've really enjoyed it, you know, just paring down what, what are the things in a day that bring me joy? I'm just going to do those things Yeah. because I don't know, one day I'm going to be 80. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I know. Right. Uh, and I think that's, that's one of the reasons why I asked you that question is I feel like when we, um, do something that we love. Within, of course, writing and being a mother, we love being moms too, but writing and doing this thing for you, I feel like it does, it changes, not so much changes who we are, more just uh, bringing us more into the light rather than us putting ourselves in the background. We're now more front and center. And I think mm-hmm. so for so long, uh, we put ourselves in the backseat and then by doing this, so whether it's writing or whether it's crocheting, whatever your thing is that you, you and you love to do, I think it brings you more to the forefront. And I think that's so important because we need, I think women and moms to whatever, to be more of themselves and not molding themselves to everybody else and making this, you know, who you're around. And I think when I was younger, I did that a lot. I molded myself to who I was around a lot of times rather than standing on my own two feet, knowing who I truly was. And I think it wasn't until writing I kind of started to figure out who I was. And as I got older, like you said, and you hit 50 or 40 or whatever the age for you, whoever's listening, you finally hit that moment where I think you feel like, oh, this feels more like me, or this is more me, or you feel like some form of an alignment all of a sudden starts to happen because you're listening to yourself. Yeah. And, you know, um, when you started listening Allie, to I love your- that. No. I really love that. I hope we're passing that along to our kids because wouldn't that be wonderful to come into alignment with who you really are mm-hmm. like when you're 25? I mean, that yeah. would just oh. be like what a world we'd be living in. Tell me about it. I know. And that's one of my – I think when I look at my regrets, that's that's it. It's not listening to myself and knowing who I was and really paying attention to what I wanted at that age. I was just all over the place at that time. And, yeah. and I know that's probably part of life and that's how it's supposed to maybe go. But man, I – well, I shouldn't say that. My daughter – and I'm sure you've got kids like this too. Maybe it's because of what we've done. But um, I feel like my kids, I see all the girls her age. I'm like, holy, they got their shit together. And I'm like, I don't, I was not that at that age. They know what they want. They're doing it. They're going for it. Maybe it's a generational thing. But I, I'm, I actually am inspired by a lot of the younger generation because they are, I think, figuring it out. And maybe it's because That's our, so great. yeah, I mean, it's because our parents were, 
you know, doing things by duty and role and, and expectations. And we're kind of that middle that Gen X is like, oh, we kind of figured it out later. And now hopefully our kids are reaping the benefits. Maybe I guess if that's if that's what we do, then maybe that's what we do. We're the the in between. God, I hope you're right. <laughs> God, let's let's all have a moment of silence and hope that Hallie's right about the future. Because uh, uh, that would be wonderful. I know. I know. I, I felt the same way about, I, I wish I was in alignment at 25. So I get that um, as well. Uh, and I want to finish up. I I know you've taken a lot of time. So thank you so much for, for doing this. But I wanted to ask, and I ask everybody when I finish up the podcast, what does living an odd life look for you? And I, again, odd stands for awake, well, and empowered. What's that look like for you? And what, is, what do you interpret that as for you? Uh, to me, it feels like freedom. So it feels like being able to do what I want at the time that I want to, because um, I'm not burdened by so many have tos. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what I'm moving towards. You know, as my kids get older, and I could take my laptop and work wherever I want. Um, I would be very much in awe of that life of just feeling very free for the next 50 years of my life. Yeah. I look at words, like things I identify with or things I want to feel, desired feelings. Freedom is like almost number one. Besides awake, well, and empowered, freedom's right there too. I think because maybe it's being moms, we're so tied to everybody else's schedule and what we have to do and be here for that and, and to have freedom to do what I want when I want to do it. Maybe that's an age yep. thing too. I don't know, but I, I totally identify with that. That is huge. Yeah. Well, I just thank the world of you. I am so grateful that you're here. So grateful for just our friendship. And I am so excited for what's coming for you. Uh, hopefully this will be airing sometime in October. Anything coming up that you want to share? I, you mentioned before that you've got a book coming up You know, next June, obviously. Uh, anything else going on this fall, this winter that you want to share that uh, we can keep you know our eyes open for? with you. Mm, no, but I have a couple of friends who have great books coming out. Oh, awesome. Can I tell you what they are? Absolutely. Because you must read them. They're okay. coming out in September. So okay. by the time this airs, they will yes. be available to you. Perfect. They are called The Matchmaker's Gift by Linda Cohen Loigman. Okay. Which is it's magic. It's a multi-generational story that's actually a little magical about a matchmaker and her granddaughter and oh, it's Amazing. Okay. Um, and the other one is The Frederick Sisters Are Living the Dream by Jeannie Zussi. Okay. And um, that comes out the same day. I think they're both out September 20th. And that is a story of um, a woman who is taking care of her special needs sister. And it is like, will break your heart and make you laugh at the same time in a way that I found really delicious. So that's what I'm looking forward to this fall is like literally seeing the explosion of those books on the scene. Okay. Okay. We'll see if we can make an impact as well. Let's see. Let's all do it together. Well, again, thank you so much. I love you. I cannot wait to see what's happening for you this next year and beyond. You're the best. Thank you. You're the best. This was so much fun. Thank you again for being here. I am so grateful for your time. And if you liked what you heard, please head to where you listen to podcast, rate and review so we can be found by other people. Please share on Instagram, your social media channels, wherever else you go so we can reach as many people as possible so they can meet these amazing women and hear these conversations. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me over at my website at halliesawyer.com 
or on Instagram. I'm usually going to be at uh, Hallie underscore Sawyer or The Odd Life, which is this podcast specific Instagram account. All right. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you soon.